Well, it is great to see everyone who is with us this morning, and I, I see a lot of uh, folks are traveling today, but I see we've got a good number of visitors with us, so uh, we just want to welcome you, and we're glad to have you here on this, on this Lord's Day. You know, w- one thing they don't really prepare you very well for uh, when you're going to school is, what do you do? What do you do on days like today? Uh, of course, we, we want to honor our God and worship our God, but, but we also understand that, that today is not any sort of a special holy day. And, and so we don't celebrate Christmas, even though a lot of people do, as a special holy day. And, and by the way, that, that has less to do with what's going on today, and I think more to do with what goes on every other Lord's Day and all throughout the year. Uh, churches, churches that constantly and consistently make an appeal to say we want to do Bible things in Bible ways. Churches that constantly say, I want you to examine what we're doing and, and demand that we give you a Bible answer for what we're doing. Those churches are, are, going, are, are going to face some struggles when it comes to days like Christmas and Easter and maybe people talk about Lent now and things of that nature because, quite honestly, the Bible doesn't talk about those things. The, the, the Bible doesn't elevate those things. And, and, and churches that do elevate those things, I think, are going to have a hard time actually saying, examine what we do by the Bible because they're setting themselves up to fail. That being said, I, I, I determined a long time ago that I never in any in any circumstance ever want to discourage anyone from elevating Jesus and from talking about Jesus, whether you're talking about His incarnation or you're talking about His life or His death or His resurrection. We need more people to talk about Jesus. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity for us to talk about Jesus. And all those things are kind of going around in my head, and I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about our theme for this year. And, and every time that we've come together, every single Lord's Day, we have made an effort this year to say, let us put our focus on Jesus. We need to talk more about Jesus. He needs to be at the centerpiece of, of our faith and of our life. I was impressed this morning in Acts chapter 3 when, when, when Peter and John healed the lame man. And, and the people, and you can read this for yourself in Acts 3, but, 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 but the people were, were talking about how great Peter was and how great John was. And they say, this doesn't have anything to do with us. Do you want to know how it is that this man that's been lame for 40 years is walking? The answer to that question is me telling you about how great Jesus is. Let me tell you about how powerful Jesus is. And so on and on, constantly and consistently, we want to be a people in our times of worship, in our life together as a family, in our day-to-day dealings with complete strangers that are comfortable talking about Jesus. Because He is at the center of everything. And if we're not comfortable talking about Jesus, there's something wrong with that. There's something sinful with that. So with that in mind, I was thinking about Jesus as the reason for everything. 
I think we could come to every, every good thing in our life and, and, and we could think Jesus is the reason for this. You know, the, the, there's the saying that, that we see. It used to be on a lot of signs. Maybe you'll still see it on signs. But people will talk about Jesus is the, is the reason for the season. And, but, 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 the, but the truth is, is actually much deeper than that. Because the, the, the truth is that, that Jesus is the reason for everything. He's the reason for everything. So the very first place that my mind went was, He's the reason for actually all the seasons. Not just this one, but every season. That, that we, we live in. And, and, and I think this goes back to, to talking about that bigger picture of Jesus from the Gospel of John. When, when, when He starts off in, in John chapter 1 and verse 3, and He says, For all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. When we think about Jesus, we're thinking about the Creator of all things. We're not, we're not only thinking about someone who was, who was born 2,000 years ago. We're not only talking about, uh, about a man who was, who was living in Judea and was crucified there in Jerusalem. We're talking about so much more than that. We're talking about the great I Am. We're talking about the pre-existent Creator of all things. That's, that's a much bigger thing. In, in, Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, we're told, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or, dominion, or, or, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And so when we think about even the very fact of the world that we live in, that is, that is a planet that is set on an axis with a tilt that gives us different seasons of our, of our year. We have warm seasons and cool seasons. Do you know why that is? You could tell me about the, uh, about the tilt of the world, but as you tell me about the tilt of the world, why don't you tell me about the one who placed this world on its axis? Why don't you tell me about the one who placed this world in the place that it is? Why don't you tell me about Jesus? He is the one who created this world through Him and for Him. When you begin to see Jesus in this way, and you begin to read about His life, it is not just a, a, a story about a man who was rejected by other men. It, 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 is, it is an account of a Creator who was rejected by His own creation. About a, about a, about a being who spoke the world into existence only to have that, that creation try to end His existence. It is a very big view of Jesus that we need. But when we begin to see that Jesus, we begin to realize He's the reason that we can have peace. He's the reason that we can have peace. And the world will try to give peace in so many different ways. But yet you know, you know that the world continues to rage. Right? I mean, the, 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 there might be moments in your life where, where the whole world can kind of slow down, but guess what happens on Monday morning? Guess what happens on Tuesday morning or whenever it is that you have to go back to work? 
or whenever it is that you have to go back to the real world, whenever it is that you have to go back to all those things that have you so up in the air, everybody's got all those things, right? It's in the midst of that that we find a peace. Paul would say it is a peace that passes understanding. That peace that will pass all understanding, it will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. You see, we have, we have things that are going on in our world today. We think about the, the things that cause us struggle in, in our own lives, but if we, if we think broader than that, we, we, we could think about the, the political world that we live in today. There is no shortage of strife in the political world that we live in. We could think, we could think about the, the global world that we live in and the oppression and the wars that, that exist in, the, in this world. People are living those things at this very moment. Even your own brothers and sisters in Christ are living in the midst of incredible turmoil. But they can have peace through Jesus. See, the peace that we find in Jesus is not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of Christ. It it is knowing that I, I know the things that are going on all around me. But I also know who my Redeemer is. I know of one that changes everything. It changes the way that I see my circumstances. As we've made our way through the Gospel of John, Jesus has continually said to His disciples who He knows are about to face very difficult circumstances. They're they're about to see Him crucified on the cross. And He says to them, In John 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. But let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. John 16 and verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. For in the world you will have tribulation. I know that. But take heart for I have overcome the world. I'm just looking around the room, and, and, and I know enough about enough lives in this room to know that there are some upsetting things. But I also know enough about some of the faith of those who are going through those, those difficulties in life to be amazed that in the midst of a storm you can have peace. Now some of you may not know anything about that peace, and it's because you don't know anything about Jesus. But I want you to know something about Jesus so you can know something about that peace. Paul said in, Acts, in, in Romans 8 and verse 28, For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Listen, if I know that, it changes everything. If I don't know that or if I don't believe that, it also changes everything. Jesus is the reason for peace in our lives. Jesus is the reason that we have forgiveness. One of the things the Bible teaches so crystally clear is that man has a sin problem. And by man, I mean your neighbor. I mean, I mean the person that's sitting uh, next to you. I mean your mother. I mean you. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus, Jesus offers us forgiveness. I love that scene in Revelation chapter 4 when they come to open the books 
and there is no one who is worthy. And he begins, he begins to cry. He begins to weep. Could you take just a moment to dive deep and realize what would be the result if you, if you were held accountable for every sinful thing that you have ever done? And they may be things that everybody knows about, and they may be things that only you and the, that only you and the Lord know about. But you and the Lord know about it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if there was a great reckoning, right as we right as we leave this right as we leave this auditorium? You'd be okay with a long sermon on that day, wouldn't you? I would. But then you begin to see. You begin to see the importance or the significance of actually finding forgiveness. I've still done, I've still done the crime. I've still committed the sin. And there's a price that's going to be paid for that sin, but Jesus pays the price in my stead. And now instead of a certain damnation that awaited you as you as you exit this as you exit this auditorium, there is forgiveness. That awaits you. Not just in this life, but in, but in the next. John said in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, My little children, I write these things to you so that you may not sin. For forgiveness isn't supposed to encourage sin. Okay? Romans 6. Romans 6 says if that's what you think, well, God forbid. May it never be. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. My, my paraphrase of what he says there in Romans 6. But if, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father well who can do any who can do something about my sin or your sin who is the advocate jesus christ the righteous and he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the whole world that means that he will die in my stead we're all guilty you and me and every, everyone that you've ever met is guilty. But Jesus says, I will die in your stead. He's the reason. He's the reason that we can, we can stand here and we can say, I am a Christian. I have a home in heaven. Listen, the reason I can say that is because I have a Savior. It's not because I'm so great. It's not because you're so great. It's because He is so great. Jesus is the reason that any of us have forgiveness. Paul said it like this in Ephesians 2 and verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. As Christians, Jesus is the reason that we have hope. Paul begins his letter to the young preacher Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. And he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. He says that's another name for Jesus. When I talk about Jesus, He is our hope. Every bit of hope that we have is wrapped up in Him and who, and who He is. It is a beautiful picture you know, sometimes in order to see hope, same thing with our forgiveness, right? It helps us to realize what it would mean to be hopeless. Because we're very accustomed to the idea of hope. Most of you, this is not your first time to, 
to consider Christ, right? You, you, you live with a hope. You live with an expectation. But, but Paul, Paul, as he writes to the Ephesians, he would try to help them to remember, remember where they came from. You might have been living with hope for 40 years, but there was a moment, there was a time when you had no hope. Don't, don't, don't let go of that. Don't, don't wallow in that, but don't let go of that. Because if you let go of that, then you won't appreciate what you have. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, he says, At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. The world needs Jesus because the world has no hope. There's no hope. Beyond, beyond enjoying this life, without Jesus there is no hope. Now many people live their lives quite, quite well without Jesus. I don't doubt that. But can I tell you, I've lived long enough and I've preached enough funerals of people who have lived their life without Jesus to tell you that when you come to the end of their life, they would trade all of the money, all of the experience, all of the pleasure, all of the things of this world. Now, I don't, we have to make that decision about what we're willing to trade today. But I'm going to tell you, when people come to the end, of the end of their life, all they want is hope. All they want is hope. It's the reason that people, people that have run for me as long as I have known them have called me to their deathbed. Not because there's anything special about me, but they, think some, but they think I can give them a message of hope, which I can because I can tell them about Jesus. That's what they want. That's what they need. That's what we have. We have that because of Jesus. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Oh, don't be a people who have no hope. Don't act like you have no hope. Don't look like you have no hope. You ever see people that are hopeless? Ever watch uh, Winnie the Pooh? Y'all know, know who Eeyore is? Right? Oh, bother. You know, my, everything is so bad. Like this little cloud follows me around everywhere. I'm telling you, there's some people that, 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 that try to say they're a Christian and that's the attitude they got about life. You're missing something. You're missing hope. We have hope because of Jesus. I want to acknowledge that. I want to embrace that. I want to be reminded of that. The Hebrew writer would speak of our hope, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. He says that we have this hope as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. That hope is what anchors us. You need an anchor when the wind blows, right? The wind's going to blow. The wind probably is blowing in your life. Right? That's okay. We have an anchor. We have an anchor, and His name is Jesus. And He is our hope. I want you to look at your life, and I want you to understand that, that, that the measure of success that the measure of greatness of your life is directly proportional to what Jesus has done in your life and what you have allowed Him to do in your life. 
I want you to look around, and, and, and I don't want you to think about Jesus as, as, a, langu- as a filler or something that, 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 that you do to, to occupy an hour of time here or an hour of time there. I want you to understand that Jesus is the creator of all. He made you. You are not an accident. He made you, and He placed you for a purpose. But not just for any purpose. For His purpose. Acknowledge it. Do we acknowledge that? Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He has placed me here for His purpose. And I want to live my life demonstrating that. He is the reason. He's the reason I have peace. A peace that passes understanding. He's the reason that I have forgiveness. I can tell you, that I have a home in heaven, not because I deserve a home in heaven, but because I have a Savior. He and His willingness to live and to die and to bear the burden that was due to me, that's why I have forgiveness. You spend a moment dwelling upon your forgiveness, and then you spend a moment thanking Jesus for that forgiveness. He's the reason that any of us have hope. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't even know what today holds. But I I know the one who does know. Jesus. May we be a people. May we be a people that are heavy on Jesus. And if you're with us this morning, and you don't know that Jesus, and Jesus is just a, something or someone that you think about on occasion and he's got a little little portion of your life and and we we segment him over here and we pick him up when that's handy to us i want to i want to give you his invitation to walk with him it's his it's his invitation some of you when i talk about peace and hope and forgiveness you don't have a clue what i'm talking about that's okay Everyone in this room has, at one point or another in their life, not had a clue what I was talking about, including myself. But Jesus invites you to come to be born again, to be baptized into His death, to repent of the sins that are separating you from, 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 His, heaven, from His Father. Jesus invites us to come. He invites us to bring our burdens and our cares that so many in the world don't seem to care anything about. And He says, you bring it to Me. You allow Me to carry those burdens with you. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the Savior. And He invites you to come this morning as we stand and as we sing.